this one's a short one. I could I could swipe through it in one swipe. So uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Danny. My last name is Size, which is why this is Pint Sized Art History, which is my art history podcast where I trap my friends with beers and we talk about art or they listen to me talk about art and I ask them questions hoping they either do or do not know the answer. But then when they don't know the answer, it's more fun. Hi, I'm Squid. What's here? I'm easily trapped when beer is involved. She's been on a few episodes already. So and her mother listens to every episode. So hi, Squid's mom. Hello, mother. And uh, we'll talk about for a second what we're drinking and show you guys. Since we're streaming this, you can see it. Or if you follow me on Twitter at Pint Size Pod, you get to see what we're drinking before I post it, which always has a hint of what we're talking about now. Started that last episode. So I'll be drinking Public Access Grandeza. Beautiful. It's in collaboration with Root and Branch. It's a, how do you say it? Ghost or ghost? Goose. A ghost. A ghost style ale with pineapple and dragon fruit. I am drinking Riverland Brewing. Riverlands, pardon, brewing companies. Women's Importerment. So it's a porter? Just a porter. I don't think it's anything. I don't want to say nothing fancy, but in case you're watching Riverlands Brewing, I'll let you know how it is. But it's a porter with coffee. I'll say it's brewed with pride and it's Pride Month. So perfect. Enjoy I'd... the ride. Yeah. Get that good ASMR going. That was a nice one. Yeah, probably very loud to anyone who's listening. We apologize if we've ruptured eardrums. But I'm not sorry. You apologize, but you're not sorry. You can taste the pineapple. It's like pineapple foam. For those of you who don't listen to the podcast, you don't know that Squid and I first tried to record the Artemisia episode, the original one, for the first episode, and then it died in the middle, which means Artemisia for Squid is a sore subject, but this is completely different from the first episode, though we do talk about the same piece at one point, but you don't have to have listened to that first episode about Artemisia to really know what's going on. Up here, you can see our title is going to be Touch Me and I'll Scream, How Technology and Art Can Lead to Confusion, which really, if any of you guys are around our age or a little a little bit younger, a little bit older, you may have seen these things happen, and you'll know what we're talking about already. Screaming, technology, art, confusion. confusion. That's the way it goes. But for those of you who don't know who Artemisia is and haven't listened to the first episode, Artemisia is a Baroque artist, and she's one of the first women artists to be recognized as, like, a true artisan. And she was born in, like, the 1800s. Um, She went through a lot of shit. A lot of shit. She grew up with her mother and her father and a couple of siblings. And her father was a painter as well, so she spent a lot of time in his studio painting, learning, doing her best. And she really, she was a great painter already by the age of 16. At that time, trigger warning, her men mentor assaulted her and she spent a long time like I think seven months in court going over it and fighting it and she was tortured with thumb screws and it was a hot mess bunch of bullshit um, we should probably see how much of this we can talk about on Twitch too who's gonna know no one who's gonna know no one's gonna know no one's you'll gonna know, know but you won't tell whoever you are one viewer back to your sentence pardon continuing me continuing on I think we were at Thumb screws and bullshit. But she didn't give in to physical torture and she kept, you know, telling the truth regardless. And in the first one, we talked about how Artemisia's a little bit of a stone cold bitch. She painted her assaulter with her murdering him multiple times, uh, which was wonderful. She did a great job. Even when she was younger, she painted women in really a way that people didn't before because she painted them like you would expect a woman to react in terrible situations or in rough situations or in situations like when she's been in. But eventually we'll get to the point where we talk about the fact why we're talking about an artist 
who had no idea what a camera was and why we're talking about technology with that. So, first of all, do you know what the male gaze is? I've heard mention. Do you want to want to explain a little bit? I would love to. Do you want me to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I've seen so, men and their gazes. Yeah. It is it is Pride Month, the male gaze. <laughs> yes. And the female gaze and the non-binary gaze. All the gazes. Yeah. All the way in Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just get Okay, carry on. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So, <laughs> the male gaze, as in, like, gazing at something, is what's typically created when something is painted in the viewpoint of a man. So, we talk about something being made to be attractive to men looking at it, so men can relate to it, so that it's from their perspective. Like it's- descriptions of boobs in books. Or the fact that some books even have descriptions of boobs. Yes. In fact, what I said was the description of boobs in books. Just in general. (laughs) Full stop. End sentence. (laughs) One of the things we'll talk about eventually is um, Roman statues of women. Mm. Like how they have basically what looks like wet sheets over their bodies. It's because, you know, for them to be nude would be immodest. But men wanted to look at nudes. So you gotta compromise. That's what the young boys were for. Uh, look, that was the last episode. That's why they have those, like, thinner than paper, despite the fact they were already thinner than paper, and it was, like, a good toga or cloth you could thread through a ring. It's just cool in general. But that's why they clang. Clang. That's why they clang. Clang, clang. That's why it clung to every part of the body. Because nudity for nudity's sake wasn't really done then. Unless you were, you know, Great. painting biblical stories in which they were already meant to be nude. Well, you were in Athens. Yeah, and they were wrestling. Um, so one of those things that we see painted frequently is Susanna and the Elders. And this was actually the first well-known painting that Artemisia is known for. She painted it when she was 16, which is just wild to me. I had zero idea how to draw anything at age 16, even though I thought I did. Don't show it yet. I know. Okay. And we mentioned this particular painting a little bit in the... It wasn't the very first episode of the podcast, but it was the first Artemisia podcast. And so I'll let Squid give us the lowdown of Susanna and the Elders, because I'm sure you know this story from the Bible. I feel like you asked me this last time, and I was like... No? Okay. I'll tell the story. I remember there being a woman. The actual good Christian girl. My mother listens to this. I know. She found out you were pregnant last time. Uh, Well... (laughs) will and that i don't know the ten commandments (laughs) that's okay the only Ah! reason i know this story is from the painting so susanna and the elders the idea is that susanna is this nice married woman and she's like oh i'm gonna go take a bath i need a bath that's a good idea so she goes and she goes to bathe and she's doing her thing living her best life and these two men her elders come over and they're like hey you should sleep with us and she's like no and then they go but if you don't we're gonna tell everyone else you were sleeping with other people and since you're married they'll kill you because that's how it went then yike but yes so Susanna still said no she stuck to her guns and she's like excuse me that is that is not happening we will all have my day in court even though technically court is not for women because women were possessions at this point but she has her day in court and is it King David he was a king yes Yes. I think I think, I want to say I think it's King David. This was written down in the other one. I assume that you would know this by now, so I didn't write it I, down. You know, but, I blocked out everything from this original recording. Uh, but he basically went, uh, excuse me, you guys are liars and you shouldn't be doing this. And so Susanna was saved. That sounds like something David would do. Yeah. Uh, but you could see why this painting could also be painted in the male gaze because you have a woman bathing, uh, two men already looking at her like an object of lust. 
And then that's why, oh, I said Artemisia in the 1800s. She was born in the 1600s. Close enough. There were definitely cameras in the 1800s, so. She painted hers in 1610, and as a 16-year-old girl, you can kind of see how she felt about it. So this is Artemisia's painting of Susanna and the Elders. Uh, She painted it in 1610, when she was 16. And some people say that it's the assault and the trial of Artemisia that brings her feminism to view. But like I said in the first one about Artemisia, like, I feel she had that already. She was a woman. She understood that. This particular painting, since even though we're on Twitch and this is a visual medium, my podcast is not. So why don't you go and describe it? Ah, yes. My beautiful ability to describe paintings. Once again, coming to light. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We see Susanna sitting, poised. Her towel is draped across her waist. Barely. She is turning her face away from the two men who are leaning over the wall towards her. One of them is biting his finger, it appears, or perhaps smelling it, or licking it. He's going, shh, mm, Susanna. I think, don't you cry for me? Hey, Susanna, please don't cry for me, because I come from Alabama with a, a banjo, banjo on, on my knee. knee. That's exactly what he's singing in his ear, and that's the lyrics Weird. the man is feeding. The that is one. a wild condition to this. Uh, anyway, we see this man who's looking over, and I swear he's doing this. He's just biting his finger. He's like, mm, girl. Mm. Um, he is a bit red in the face. A little riled up in other ways. He is elevated, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a man leaning over, uh, biting his ear. Certainly not. But um, they're conspirating. Conspiring? They're conspiring. Conspirating. They're conspirators conspiring. But you can see... This particular painting, and I'm not going to go too much into the difference between the men and the women in this because that is in the other episode, um, which I recommend you listen to if you want to hear this or at least look at the description because I put what paintings we talk about. But this is very much a female gaze of Suzanne and the Elders where the others, Suzanne is more showing herself, like being like, oh, what is happening? You you want me to what? And meanwhile, in this one, they've kind of got her fingers in her hair. She's completely contorted to be like excuse me now and moving away and she's actually one of the few that looks like she's about to stand up and be like uh i'm leaving goodbye she is like a cat when you try to pick it up right or you when you try to pet a cat that doesn't want you to pet it and its body just contorts like that (laughs) exactly like that so this is a situation not you know exactly but it is a similar situation to what a lot of women and female presenting people have to deal with, with like catcalling and guys being creeps and getting too close to you for reasons that you don't need to. Like, oh, I can't hear you in the bar. Let me just put my mouth against your earlobe. And you're like, excuse me. That's what the guy in the background's doing. Yeah. He's like, I can't hear you in the club, my dude. <laughs> my dude, it I is too to loud in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need you to listen. And so this is nothing new. So it's very relatable even now, despite the fact we're over 420 nice years <laughs> into the future. <laughs> no, darn it. I was so close. 410 years into the future. You're killing it on the numbers tonight. Yeah, I just got to run this another 10 years and then we could re- redo this episode and then I can say 420 nice. <laughs> nice. There's a reason that this comes up again. And like I mentioned, those who are around our age, so what they call the elder millennials. Respect your elders. We have confusion. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're technically in the middle of the millennials. I think elder millennials are like 32 right now. 
And my sister's barely a millennial. So um, in the early 2010s, Susanna and the Elders restored X-Ray, began making the rounds online. And and this is one that you may recognize. So if you were on Tumblr around the early 2010s to the last 10 years, you might know this one. Which one thing that the people who are just listening to the podcast now instead of watching the stream are missing is the fact that Twitch does not allow titties. On nope. there. Even drawn titties. None. So we just have that pint size art history logo right over it. Taking care of business. Yeah. There's a lot happening up in here. There is a lot happening. So this is titled Susanna and the Elders Restored X-Ray. It shows this black and white version of a... It looks like an X-Ray of Susanna and the Elders by Artemisia Gentileschi. And it shows, you know, the Elders pulling the hair instead of just having it there. She's pulled up. She's got a knife in her hand. She's reaching up in pain and, like, shouting out. Places like Pinterest and Tumblr and Google Images started grabbing it and running with it. And without any credit. What led to this being grabbed and ran it with and people being like, oh, this is an x-ray of it. Because it's very believable in the sense of, it would not surprise me if Artemisia painted this because mm. she has painted women decapitating men, women running a tent spike into men's heads. I know that one. She has, she has drawn a lot of aggressive art and painted a lot of aggressive art, rather. And what really fueled the fact that this started getting picked up and ran around and leading to some confusion was mid-2000s to the early 2010, there was some scanning happening of paintings. There was some new technology that came out. The Mona Lisa was scanned in 2004, and a Picasso was x-rayed in 2014. The Mona Lisa had, like, an infrared scan done to it to show the different layers of paint below. Mm. And the Picasso had a new process that was made in 2011 called macro x-ray fluorescent analysis. This was all like coming out. So first they did the scans of the Mona Lisa and then the actual like x-ray techniques started coming out of scanning paintings. And this was painted in 2010. So when this got picked up and posted around the internet and it started going around, but it's the fact that technology of x-rays and scanning paintings came along the same time that an artist painted an x-ray version of an artist's work made this the perfect storm. Because Artemisia was already known for painting real life and aggressively loud, I suppose, depictions of mm. art and interaction and violence yeah. that it wasn't a long leap to be like Artemisia could have painted this and then they could have been like since she was 16 her father being like maybe 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 bring it back a little bit which was the story that that tumblr went on ah, i see was someone posted it and was like hey look this x-ray of Artemisia Susanna and the elders Artemisia had this assault happen to her she painted a person being murdered she painted this of someone being assaulted and she was told it was too graphic and violent for her time and to bring it back in. I feel like I don't know her art well enough. But, like, if I were just to look at it, That's I would be you like... blacked out the other episode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Potentially. But I, like, just me as an unbiased third party looking mm -hmm. at this, I'd be like, I don't think she'd depict a woman like that. But we're also adults now. We are adults now, yes. Right. But I just mean, like, like if you're looking at the way that she depicts women... That's not how she does it. I mean, like, it's hindsight still, but... Right, it's hindsight bias, and it's... The piece itself was depicted, when I mean, like, the piece itself, I mean online, and when it made its rounds without credit, was the restored with x-ray and then people talking about how... What she did with her art, how it presented it, how she presented it, and went through it, and then... Finally, in 2015, someone, that's weird, corrected it, but at first... I mean, I, underst I understand what you're saying. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find the best way to, to explain my life. I mean, I think you explained it fine. I'm okay. just saying, like, I don't think she would paint a woman like that. Right. And that's because in this way, I feel like we know Artemisia now and we know art history more. I mean, I, I don't. I realize that in hindsight, I can look at it and be like, yes, we know that it wasn't her. But right. I'm saying just the point. Yeah, because I mean the style, when you get down to it with the face and everything, is different. Well, I don't even mean like the style. I just mean that the role that she has put the woman in. Which is not to say that like, she wasn't depicting something that was bad. It's that she did not depict that the way that it's shown in the x-ray. Like the first one she painted, so like if we shift it back to the other one. Because this is the same scene. Right. But the way that she is depicting Susanna is still empowered. Oh, okay. I get you, yeah. Whereas the way that gets depicted in the other one is... She's being more acted upon. She is victimized. Yeah. I see that, yeah. Yes. And that makes sense. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that, ah, she wouldn't do something violent. Like, clearly she would. But the people in her paintings that were depicting violence were women. Right. Like, I get you. Because, like, Susanna wouldn't be holding a knife. She'd be stabbing a bitch. Like that. I mean, holding a knife would be fine. But, like, she wouldn't, you know, have her head jerked back like that. She wouldn't be cutting off her own hair to get herself out. Right. She would be like, ha, let's go. Or she would be leaving like she's doing in the original painting. And that makes sense. I could definitely see that as being a good way to be like, yeah, that's not actually one of her paintings. But it's definitely something that I feel like because a lot of people don't know how to do that, how to be like, read those visual cues and representations, that that's part of why it floated around too. Yeah. And I realize now that I I think I missed the part where I said who it's by. So this is Susanna and the Elders Restored X-Ray by Kathleen Gilgy, which was painted in 19... 98, but it floated around in the early 2010. Like, I can also see why in 2010, that version would be more socially, like, acted upon. Like, I feel like the 2010s was a time of zero credit to so many things. And it's still an issue now, but it was rampant then. And also just, I feel like the, not faux culture to faux educational, but more like people wanted to know more things and hear cool stories behind stuff. And so cool stories like the fact that maybe underneath one of the paintings of a woman being assaulted is a louder version of it. Well, yeah. Like the history of it too. But like if you see the original version, and by the original I mean the actual painting and not the original. Not the second painting. Not the completely different painting. If you see Artemisia's version, I don't think it resonates with people our age. Right. That makes sense. Because you look at it and you're like, cool, a woman sitting on a bench. Right. Because at her time, it was a very aggressive painting. Right. Because it was like, what are those guys doing with that naked lady? Instead and of we being see like, that and we're like, ah, Baroque. We're just like, that's very tame, very cultured. Hmm. And then you see like the new one in 2011 and you're like, yes, this is what women go through. This is it. Right. And then you have like the contrast to this is women being a but also here is what women have to portray which right. is the softer oh no let me leave yeah so it was a very it was a very what's the word not tempting a very palpable narrative it resonated yeah it definitely i think like you said it resonated a lot more with people at the time then whereas definitely artemisia was more resonating with women back then mm-hmm. back in the 1600s which yeah like anyone can make up a history for something like they did on tumblr but until you know the history of the original painting like it doesn't mean as much if you're just looking at it it's just a nice painting 
which like it's not like it has a story <laughs> but it's the same with like looking at it's Rocco the squares I? yeah like the hazy squares where yeah you just look at it and you're like yeah those are some nice colors but like when you know what he was intending to portray when he painted the colors he painted in the order he painted them mm-hmm in the size that he painted In the them. size that he painted them, you can be like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, that orange does mean something. Which is why, like, I so badly wanted to make this podcast, because I feel there's so much that I want people to know about art and art history, because, like, when my mom was here, we went to the Field Museum and we went to the Art Institute, and the Field Museum is so much, like, for me personally, so much more interesting than the Art Institute. Because the Field Museum lets you know what's going on. Like, they had a whole display. It was called Warrior Women. And it was all of the Plains indigenous tribes. And Mm. they explained and brought you through, like, the history of it. Where you go to the Art Institute or a gallery. And it's just there. It's like you said. It's just a pretty painting. And, like, some of them have, you know, the little blurb. But it's, like, six sentences. Right. Like, there was one thing going on there. It was Bisa Butler. Her portraits, they're quilt portraits, they're amazing. Well, she, she'd quilted these and they're of black life and they blend together, I feel, the American experience of black people. And on this, in her displays, they showed the quilts, which are massive and they're beautiful and they have all these texture and different fabrics to show texture and, oh God, if you could see them in person, go. But in there, in each quilt, had a song attached to it that was put in the description. And we'd gone to the Field Museum the day before. And being there and seeing these quilts and then reading it and being like, okay, like, I know why the cage bird sings and it's, we're looking at it right now. But on the description, it said what it was made out of and then the song that she related it to. I was like, if this was in the Field Museum, when you walked up to it, they'd have sensors and it would play that song. Mm -hmm. But at the Art Institute, you walk up and you have to read it and you don't have that full experience in the same way. And it's like, Yes, this is beautiful. It's fine art. It's art. But there's a gap between it, which I was glad that I was able to go with my mom. She wanted to at least see like a Picasso and a Van Gogh Mm -hmm. and like see those things. And I'd mentioned, I was like, okay, I don't think you're going to find the gallery as interesting. So that's why we did it like last minute when we happened to be going by it. But at the end, she was like, yeah, she was like, it was nice. And it was like, I was glad you were there to tell me the stuff behind it. And it made more sense. And it was more interesting. But it's just like, I just wanted to go to be able to say, you know, I saw Van Gogh and I just want people to be able to understand art and have it be accessible to them because that's important for me which is why we put pint-sized art history over titties on Twitch. Everyone should see the art. (laughs) Which also internally I'm like you know it would be a funny tagline is like I'm so mad squid made the best pint of this podcast which is that you can tell the difference if you understand Artemisia painting women empowered versus how we see things now. Yes. Oh, look at me go. It's literally the first thing I thought when I saw this. I was like, mm-hmm. she would never draw a woman making a face like that. Right. <laughs> which is not to say that she's afraid of showing women ugly, which is not to say like, oh, you're not beautiful, but like not idealized. Because she was about like, painting women <laughs> being the badass that women are. When she shows, you know, quote unquote, ugly women, it's like, I'm hostile because I'm pissed off. And this is like, I am stuck and unable to do anything. I have a knife and I'm not using it. Right. Like I'm being acted upon. I'm not acting. Mm -hmm. Which makes a lot of sense that, you know, in the x-ray, she's not stabbing someone because when this happened to Artemisia, she threw a knife at that man. Which I would be curious to like read if, what was her name? Kathleen? Kathleen Kathleen. Gilgey. 
I would be curious to read if she, like, ever wrote something about, like, why she painted it the way she did. Like, did she include a knife because she knew that Artemisia threw a knife at a guy? So, as was kind of discussed in the first episode, but it's the same inspiration for Gilji. She created her underpainting, and this comes from her website, so she wrote this. Gilji created her underpainting to highlight how closely Gentileschi's own story mirrors that of her chosen subject. Both the biblical character and the artist were subject to unwanted attention from older men. Suzanne and the Elders was painted near the time that the charge of rape was brought to court by Gentileschi's father, also a painter on her behalf. And similarly, skipping over some stuff, Susanna declines the sexual advances of two elder men in her community. Shamed by her refusal, they determined to ruin her own reputation rather than their own. In the end, conflicting court testimony by the men prove her innocent. So, yes. So she did do it because of the knife. Uh, what the x-ray reveals in Gilgi's Susanna and the Elders Restored is an anguished but defiant Susanna wielding a knife against her assailants. The knife, gentle as she's court-reported weapon of self-defense, transforms Susanna from victim to avenger. And that's... Interesting. So, I mean... I can see where the artist is coming from, but I feel like, as you said, she's being acted upon in this. And she does have a knife, but she's not acting. Which this was 23 years ago. This was painted. So equally and in turn, this was probably at that time an actual like act of aggression on the part of Susanna. Where now, I feel like we also, while it still, you know, makes sense that Artemisia wouldn't paint her in that way, I don't think. But for the 1990s, Mm -hmm. that is active. So now if someone were to do the same idea, she might be stabbing them or like biting their finger or something. Because now we have stories of parents telling their kids, if someone touches you, break their finger because you can't say well did they want it it's like well did that broken finger look like it so yes (laughs) yes did they want a broken finger (laughs) that's true that's true that's true Mm -hmm. so buttons on your door and just i guess to wrap it up i put in here that That you appreciate me i did put in there that i appreciate (laughs) you but i was gonna say the technology of it of the x-ray that Gilji painted was closer to those infrared scans, which is interesting. What's but, it, like, when I look at it, it makes me think what whatever you said, the really long one. Oh, yeah. That they did for Picasso or whatever. The um, the macro x-ray fluorescent analysis. Yes, because if, if you look at, like, where her legs are. It does look fluorescent. It looks, yeah, it looks fluorescent in, like, the highlight areas. Mm-hmm. Where you would be like... That's where the whites would be. Yeah. That's all. So that makes sense. And that's why I was like, it doesn't surprise me that people just grabbed it and ran with it. Like, this is, yes, an x-ray of this actual painting. Because the title actually ties into that, too. So people will be like, oh, this is what it's called. It's an actual x-ray. But we'll wrap it there because, as you said, I do appreciate you. Is that what Um, you appreciate about me? That's what I appreciate about you, Miss Katie. It actually works. Yeah, that's what I appreciate about you, Miss Katie. Before we wrap up, do you have any questions? Or anything else you want to bring up to make this podcast like you were the one running it? <laughs> With your better ideas? <laughs> Here, Squid, this is yours now. <laughs> um, I would just like to thank you all for coming. I'd like you to like, comment, and subscribe. Smack that bell. There's no bells on podcasts. Oh, there could be. I wish I had a bell, but I took it to work. Look, anything's a bell if you try hard enough. I disagree. If you find the right thing to hit it with, anything's a bell. <laughs> I disagree. Well, I think this has been a fun journey. I think that we've learned a lot about numbers. And that I don't know a lot about numbers. We've learned a lot about Artemisia. Not as much as that other episode, but... I learned nothing in that one. Um, nah, we were too rage-filled. 
We have learned that I once again have forgotten a Bible story that I will be getting a message on Gmail from my mother about it. Mm-hmm. Love you, Mom. <laughs> All right. Anything you want to promote while we're at it? Because we got to wrap it. I got to tell them where to find me. My my Bible knowledge. I would like to promote my Bible knowledge. <laughs> I'm so good like at sword drills. <laughs> I am good at sword drills. Okay. <laughs> promote our Twitch channel. Yeah, because now we're streaming this on Twitch. On Wednesdays, when we get our act together. By we, I mean me. Um, Because this is still going to post every other Thursday. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, because I attach that puppy to everything. It's pint-sized art history. Find me there. Sized is S-A-I-Z-E-D. Google will try to fix it for you, but Google is wrong. As it is often with names. But yeah, you'll see if you want to watch us stream this and know what's going on first and understand why sometimes I miss Thursday postings because I'm still editing because I mess up so much. Mama mess up. Mama mess up. Uh, follow us at twitch.tv slash Danny and Squid. We also do other things there, but Wednesdays is Pint Sized Art History. You can email me at pintsizedarthistory at gmail.com. Tweet it. Tweet at me at Twitter. <laughs> Tweet at tweet, me. Tweet. tweet at me a tweeter. Tweetity. At Pint Size Pod. Or just yell into the void. It's so flat here I can hear you. The noise travels well. It does. Um, and Ohio, please come back. I miss you. Squid was mean last time. I got nothing to say to you, Ohio. I gotta eat dinner, so good night. Bye. <laughs>